Hello, welcome to another edition of 33.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello, Dustin. <laughs> and I'm joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yep. This is the sound of a couple Jets fans right now. And even though the Jets won at Monday Night Football, there was certainly a big loss. And we're going we're gonna to have to talk about that at some point today. We're going to talk about a whole lot of things, specifically the NFL Week 1 recap in its entirety. Aaron Rodgers, the NFL Week 2 is quickly approaching, and we're going to preview that for you. Alec Manoa has probably played his last game with the Toronto Blue Jay, and Mike Babcock might not even make it to the start of the NHL season. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which, of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, let's get into what's been going on in our lives in the past week since the last time we spoke on this podcast. James, I know you and I went golfing on Saturday or on Sunday. Most definitely was Sunday. It was Sunday. Uh, Team Mousebird, as it were known. Anything else you have from your weekend other than that? <laughs> no, I'm. That's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I, I think it's funny. We were joking in the car how this tournament always falls on NFL Week One, so, and I think it's on purpose. Every single week, every the single organizer is a massive Steelers fan, so that way he doesn't have to watch them lose in the first week every year. It didn't prevent us from making fun of them all day, though. Also true. It wasn't just either. It was every other golf cart that drove by would have to make some sort of snide remark about how bad the Steelers are. <laughs> right. Um, I also find it super odd how we're always the last or second last team to get to pick from the prize table. And that's starting to drive me nuts. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's uh, necessarily... It sounds like it's some sort of collusion because they don't want to pick the organizer's name first out of the hat, you know? Uh, pfft. I call bull- I also call bullshit on the 60-year-old dude taking the Pokemon cards off the table. Okay, so Maddie, you have you weren't there. You didn't see the the fumes that were coming out of James's head. So on the prize table, there was uh I don't know what you'd call it, but there was a box of Pokemon cards. And there's also two boxes of hockey cards, like these upper deck it was series. Full. It was series extended series from twenty one, twenty two, and twenty two, twenty three. And then these. So yeah, we were looking at the prize table, and obviously we were eyeing the Pokemon cards and the uh, the hockey cards, thinking, okay, like we're probably the youngest people here, if not some of the youngest people here. It's probably up our alley to grab that, and all the older guys are going to grab like I don't know the socks and underwear and shit. And the so, haircuts. And the haircuts. And we, that's another thing. Like we're so we play in Barry, but none of us are from Barry. So a lot of the prizes are like, oh, go to the Domino's at like Barry <laughs> Street. I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like I'm never going to Barry use this Street, thing. Barry. Yeah. So I'm hoping like the locals will take all that stuff, right? Anyways, these old dudes grab all the hockey cards and the uh, Pokemon cards, and Buddy starts ripping open the hockey cards and James at the table, losing it at the, at the table. table with food around. And the guy pulled the Slavkovsky Young Guns rookie throwback, I'm pretty sure. And he pulled something else, and I don't remember what it was, but I saw it, and I remember being like, what is that? But I know he pulled the Slavkovsky retro Young Guns, which is a pretty decent card. It's about a $30, $40 card. I'm, I'm pissed 
that this man yeah in two years in two years it'll be a seven dollar card so i wouldn't <laughs> even worry about it i'm pissed that this man's sitting there ripping packs uh on, on a table and i'm pissed that an 80 year old took uh he went from 60 to 80 in that time we we discussed this took the pokemon cards because i was going to give them to my kid well, instead give them to his grandkid well instead i walked away with a 20 dollars chat time gift card I so mean, bubble tea has enough pokemon cards anyway pardon your kid has enough pokemon cards anyway she's probably just gonna get all doubles whatever i mean i guess she doesn't have enough bubble tea like well well, I, I don't. I, I mean, James says he's going to give it to his kid. I, I feel like James is the one who wants to rip these packs open and get uh, some sort of like holographic Charizard or some shit. I don't know. I told you, people opening packs of cards is now like my ASMR thing. Like that's that's it. Like I'll just watch feeds of people opening cards just because I like the sound of the packs ripping. Like that's now. I'm surprised you never really got into Diamond Dynasty. Like it's yeah, I, I tried this year. I even asked you. <laughs> I even asked yeah, you at the beginning. I, I was like, how do I do it? It's just, you know what it is? It's too convoluted, I think. And that's the problem. Like, it was more streamlined, and I understood how to do it. And the menus were easier to navigate. I think I'd be more into it. It's actually more simple than, like, the FIFA one and the NHL one. Like, I think it's actually the most straightforward card-collecting video game mode there is. And maybe that's because all the other ones are EA and You just 2K pay for it. Like it's hard to earn it in the other games, but this in this one you can actually earn your your currency to buy packs or whatever, or earn packs through for the most part, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I thought we played pretty well. I thought, you know, we did okay. Um I would say you know, for a couple guys who, who probably don't play as often. And you know, for a guy who doesn't play as Brad's a good golfer for a guy who doesn't play very often at all. So it's always good to get out there with with one Bradley Myers. And Sean's all right too, I guess. Yeah, I mean he he might as well just use a putter for every shot. <laughs> Matt, you should see this guy like, chipping with his wedge, and he's just like using like a hockey stick. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> well, whatever works for him, right? Yeah, it was, uh, but it was all right. It's just it's good to just catch up in that. Uh, that environment once a year and you know have a few laughs on the way so the hilarious this, thing is last year all we talked about was cm punk and and this year it was all we like, talked to CM punk. similar story yeah yeah we're here one year later to the day talking about like whose fault it is again so yeah that was that was pretty much my weekend man most of my Maddie? stuff is is tied oh. to monday night so yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> shortly. Uh, Maddie, what about you? A lot of Starfield still going on? No, didn't honestly do much. It was a very mm. quiet week for me, to be honest. I Not exciting, just watched sports all weekend, and that was pretty much it. You didn't so you didn't the... play any more Starfield, though? Nope. Damn. It's already off the Starfield train. That's it. No, it's just... I mean, I'll come back to it eventually. It's just... Not just gonna burn out on it all, you know, for a game that's probably gonna last years and years and years and shit like that. There's no point in burning out on it in four days. So, James, you gonna say something? Oh no, I, was, I I thought like you watch college ball and stuff. Yeah, like I said, I just watch sports all weekend, rugby, football. Um, it's pretty much it. 
like I said, I had time for myself on Saturday, so spent most of it doing that. And then Sunday was the same thing, just football all day. So very low key. That is living the dream though. Uh, football all day Sunday, just, just too good. Um, I, however, did a bit of traveling this past week. Uh, last Tuesday, I was in Oakland, California to see the Blue Jays. And then Wednesday, I was in Oakland to see the Blue Jays again. And I was staying in San Francisco, so I went to the Giants game on the Friday. So I saw a few baseball games last week. And I think it's to no one's surprise that Oakland is um, not a great ballpark. <laughs> I think that's a, a given. However, because no one's there, the tickets are dirt cheap. And even like the more expensive seats, you can still get on StubHub for like a quarter of the price it should be. So I was sitting in the lounge on the first game. And I think I sent you guys pictures of it, but it's ridiculous. Like it's a massive living room style sofa chair that you're sitting on and there's plenty of leg room and right by your legs there's a, a television monitor so you can see the actual replay and you can see the television broadcast if you want really cool and all-inclusive food and drinks <laughs> so you just open the app and you just order whatever you want and they, they some guy comes by with a basket and hands you a, a sandwich or a hot dog or some candy or some ice cream or now alcohol was a limit of three so i could only get three uh, cans of beer but for me that's totally fine and then the next game i was sitting like front row in between the jays dugout and uh since in oakland they have the bullpen like right on the field like i'm in between the two of those and same deal again where like it's all inclusive food they just you know just keep bringing food to you and None of these games cost me more than 100 bucks, And, I mean, like a regular 100-level ticket in the Rogers Center is going to cost you over $100 now, right? So it was pretty cool. Oddly enough, like, on the, the second game, the Wednesday, I'm sitting there, and then these two, like, another Blue Jays fan comes sit beside me. I'm like, of course, because, like, who else is buying these tickets? And then he sits down with his son, and then, like, the guy beside him, I look over, I'm like, it's some dude I used to work with. I was like, what? <laughs> like, how on earth what? am I running into some guy that I know in Oakland, California? Like, this is just ridiculous. And then not to mention, so before all that, too, like the first game that I went to, I was sitting beside this guy. Now, listen, I'm going to refrain from saying any names because I don't know how much, like, um, I don't know how much, like, we want to, like, get into the, the specifics of what happened. Because I don't know if he can get in trouble for any, any of this stuff being public. So I'm going to say I sat beside a guy who was super friendly and super nice to me. And he's like, hey, man, I'll, I'll drive you home after the game and whatever, which is incredible. Because getting from fucking Oakland to my hotel is a bit of a trek. So greatly appreciated, obviously. And then we were just talking. And he's like, oh, you're going to the game tomorrow, eh? All right, I'll, I'll come too. And then he just said, I'm like, okay, sure. He's like, yeah, I'll just talk to a guy. I know a guy. He'll get me tickets. And he ends up like sitting in the exact same seat the next day because he just called up a guy who got him tickets. And then I had mentioned I was going to the game on uh, Friday for the Giants game. And I told him where I was sitting. Like, ah, oh, we could do better than that. And he's like, he calls another guy. Like, so not even the same guy. 
Like he has an Oakland guy and he has a San Francisco guy. And like, I'll call, I'll call my guy and we'll get better tickets. And sure enough, like we were sitting 10 rows behind home plate for the Friday game because he just, he just knows people. It's, uh, it's quite remarkable. So uh, he knows who he is. And if he is listening to this episode, thank you very much. Uh, you, honestly, he made the trip so much better because like I'm there by myself, right? Like I'm yeah. staying in fucking downtown San Francisco, which turns out to be the worst fucking very, place in the entire uh, city to be living. It's at, le- it's at least a nine out of 10 on the danger scale. Downtown. Well, so here's the thing, though. And so someone was asking, asking me about that today of like, how unsafe did it feel? I'm like, honestly, I could have handled myself like do you want a young woman walking around the streets there? No, probably not. And I'm not saying I'm some sort of badass. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm looking at me and I'm looking at these crackheads. Like I could fuck up a crackhead. Like, <laughs> no, I don't me. know. Actually, I don't know, man. I crackheads crackhead, have that. You can't do it. Crackheads have that. Like they don't, they don't feel, feel pain. pain straight. <laughs> well, the pain isn't the problem. They got no balance. You know no, what I'm saying? That's true. They're they're aware. I've I've fought one. It's not happening. <laughs> He's already fought a crackhead. He has uh, experience in this department. I um, where we grew up. Yes, very much so. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like based on how these dudes are walking around, I just feel like a a, a brief push in the right direction is going to send these guys ass over tea kettle. So I wasn't overly concerned about that, but at the same time, I was just taking Ubers everywhere because it was a little. Uh, it definitely was a little sus walking around at night in that area. Now, there are some areas in San Francisco that are awesome. Like, I went by the pier and I went to Alcatraz and stuff. Like, that was touristy and cool. And, of course, I had to go to In-N-Out. You can't go to California without going to In-N-Out Burger. And this time was a better experience because I didn't even bother getting fries. I just got some burgers. And it was worth very it. good burgers. Absolutely. 100%. If you're ever in California, you have to go in and out. You have to try it. Just don't get the fries. The fries suck. I have to circle back to the all-inclusive food uh, on your okay. tickets. So can you go full Joey Chestnut and just hit me with another dog? And then hit me with another. Hit me with so, another. Yes and no. So the tickets that were down like first row in between the dugout and the bullpen, those ones were like all-inclusive, but like it was on a time schedule where it's like, okay, at the beginning of the game, you're going to get a hot dog. Like, okay, as soon as you sit down, there's a bag of uh, peanuts and Cracker Jack sitting in front of you to just start munching away. And then around the second inning, they bring hot dog. And around the fourth inning, they'll bring you a uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich. And then later on, they'll bring oh, you so candy it's like the and ice menu. cream and cookies. It's like, would you like one? It's like one of everything from the menu that is bring at like different intervals of time. However, in the lounge, it was just all mobile order on the app and everything on the app was 100% free. So yes, so like you, you could have full been like, Mandarin. Yeah. And so yeah, so when we sat down, the the usher and so for the first game in the lounge, the usher was like, "Yo, think of this as like an all-inclusive resort, okay? You're just going to order as much as you want whenever you want." And he told us like order until it shows up. Which is weird, because so basically he's saying like maybe yeah, so maybe he's saying like oh it's uh, if they forget your order or whatever. So if you put in an order for a hot dog and it hasn't showed up in five minutes, just put another order for a hot dog. It's, it's gonna <laughs> and then so, like anyways. six hot dogs show up at once. Yeah, so I wasn't doing that, and the dude beside me um, said he had done that previously, and he had ended up with just sandwiches and sandwiches and hot dogs and hot dogs. That's fantastic. Ended, Could you imagine taking home, home yeah. with? like rib ribette sandwiches and shit 
I actually have in the in the cupboard right now just a couple bags of peanuts and a couple bags of Cracker Jacks. I just kept taking them for every game. Like, I'm not going to eat these now, but I'll, no, I'll, take, I'll them take them home with me, maybe I'll eat them on the plane or something. And sure enough, I didn't, but still, nevertheless. Um, so yeah, so depending on where you're sitting, the lounge was the lounge was so fucking cool. Like I wish the Rogers Center had something like that. Now, if they did, it probably would cost like at least a thousand dollars a ticket. Eight, I would say eight hundred yeah. to a thousand dollars. Because the seats were huge, you had the TV. the TV in front of you was so cool, and the all inclusive drinks and food just a very nice, enjoyable way to watch a ball game. By the way, you remind me, you're like, I might eat those peanuts and Cracker Jacks on the plane. On my plane back from Boston, there was this dude that was sitting next to me, and he eventually moved into the seat in front of me because those pair of seats were empty. So I actually got to give him credit for that, for being aware, to be like, hey, buddy, let's both take an aisle here, right? But he brought on a full-on clamshell of, like, chicken fingers and, like, rice and salad onto the plane and was just eating this like like takeout i've never seen this before in my life a dude bringing like full-on takeout from probably the airport restaurant that was in there and like they, they did nothing they were just like sure i thought for sure they were gonna be like sir you need to put this away or we need to throw this out but this guy napkin tucked into his collar you know like the whole nine yards just full-on takeout in the seat and i was like why didn't i think of this so you actually you reminded me of something and um a little behind the scenes here we have a, a discord channel where we just drop ideas into and you reminded me of one of the ideas that i had and i would like to take this opportunity to also remind you that you guys both put something in there i don't know if you are going to use that later or whatever but uh speaking of uh planes so on the way home i said you know what fuck it I've already spent way too much money. What's a few extra hundred dollars? So I'm going to upgrade my flight to a business class seat on the way home. It's a 6 a.m. flight. I just want to get some sleep. So if I get the business class seat, I can lay out there and I'll fall asleep, no problem. And plus, I mean, it's business class. You get on the plane first, you get, you know, get, a, get a meal and all that. And in addition to all that, you do get to go to the Air Canada Lounge or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, that place the is lounge awesome. in the airport. It is. It's really nice. Unless. And yeah. So it's four <laughs> fucking AM. Okay. I'm at the Air Canada Maple Leaf Lounge or whatever. Which, and for uh, if you don't know, this is it. Free food. Yes. Free beer. Yes. Free free every, well, every everything is free. So there was no free beer at four o'clock. Well, not in the four AM, but if you're there in yeah. the afternoon, there are right. taps and the beer is free. It is flowing. Yes. So I'm in the Maple Leaf Lounge, and they have nice nice restrooms. They have showers if you want to take a shower. There's a buffet for breakfast. I made myself a couple of breakfast tacos. It was great. Um, but as I'm sitting there, these motherfuckers come in with a, like, child. Now, when I say child, I mean, like, under one years old in the lounge at 4 a.m. And, of course, this kid is screaming. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, how did how did I the, get this lounge? What's the protocol here of like society? Is this is this? Am I overreacting as a person who doesn't have children? Am I saying like, no, this is this is more normal than I think? But no, man, I, I have like, kids, and I'm like, get the fuck out. 
It reminds me of, uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago on the show, Chef Reactions. And he got into a spat on Twitter about this. And I think he was 100% right. Where he was saying, if I'm going to a fine dining restaurant and I'm spending hundreds of dollars on a plate, get a fucking sitter. Like your kid shouldn't be at a fine dining restaurant. I feel the same way with the first class seat and the Maple Leaf Lounge. Nope. It's a different experience. Like fine dining is one thing, but travel is travel. And if the family has the money to pay for it, then obviously they're going to. That's like if you decided to sit in economy, but there's kids in economy, you'd be like, well, don't fucking travel. Like people have said that to, you know, people with families. And like when I was younger, I'd be so annoyed coming back on a 16 hour flight from Korea. I, my wife and me were sitting next to this like four-year-old who just wanted to jump around the seat and, you know, fuck around for the whole time. And it was annoying. And I was like, get this kid away from me. Now I'm not even phased. I'm just like, yeah, people are all trying to get somewhere. Who cares? Right. But you can still do that without going to the lounge. Like I'm not saying don't get on the plane. Of course you have to get somewhere. I'm not saying don't sit in the seat you paid for. I'm just saying the lounge is like a very quiet place where people go to relax before their flight, have an adult drink, sit in the business area, typing up some emails or something. I don't think it's an appropriate place to bring a child. I don't know. I think if you pay for the flight and it's part of it, it's not like exclusive to say it's only for these people. You can't have kids. If that was the case, they would say 18 and over only. I think they should. And no. I think, you no, but I think you're right in terms of like, there isn't that re- that restriction. It doesn't say adults only. So they're not necessarily doing anything wrong from a rules perspective. I just think from a society perspective, I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe there's more um, consideration for your fellow people, but nevertheless. So then here's the other thing though. So then I'm sitting in my seat. I'm like in the last row of the uh, business class seats. So I'm in the fourth row. And I'm sitting down just waiting for everyone else aboard. And then as I'm sitting there, like 20 minutes later, this family walks in. Like these motherfuckers aren't even in business class. Like they're probably just frequent flyers who are able to get into the lounge. I'm yeah, like, because God, if you if it. you have enough uh, points or whatever miles, you yeah. get the you get the privilege. Because one of my one of the guys I used to work with, he didn't fly business class, but he also refed uh, MLS or he ref soccer. So he would have to fly all over the country and he would just collect points so i actually got to go to the lounge because of him on business trips because i didn't have the miles but he did so i got to go with him as his guest which was fucking awesome and now i'm stuck without it and i miss it yeah it's tough once you've done it to not have it but in that situation where it was a four a.m flight it was cool because like i got two breakfasts (laughs) you had a breakfast in the lounge and you had a breakfast on the plane nevertheless i was just curious what you guys thought about that because uh it seemed a little, uh, I don't know, I mean, if there was no like, maybe, urgency again, to like, settle their kid a down. Person without children. Yeah, if there was no like, urgency to settle their kid down, then I'd be like, no. Yeah, so, that's, so that was another thing. It was almost to a point where I was like, I know what your kid wants right now. How come you guys haven't figured this out yet? <laughs> yeah, like, please help your child. What, so, so they're sitting like off to the right-hand side and like behind them, maybe 10, 15 steps away is a buffet table. Okay, so mom gets up and gets something from the buffet table. Kids start screaming for mommy. I'm like, okay. She comes back and sits down. And then she gets up again and gets something else. And kids start screaming again. I'm like, can we send dad? Can we send, like, if if dad wants another fucking coffee, can dad get off his ass and go get a coffee? Or take the kid with you. 
I mean, that works too. Yeah. And I look over, and dad is like not even looking at his kid. The kid is screaming, and his face is just in his phone. <laughs> and the entire time, the kid is screaming. I'm like, can can you can, at least just talk to your kid? Can yeah, you just tell your kid, like, on. hey, man, what's up? Like, that's just, what I hate, dude. It happens. At, like, it's funny you mention that. It happens a lot at like my kids' soccer and karate. Uh, the parents will just leave their kids there, and they're just buried in their phones. When I was at Fan Expo in the family zone, they're like the kid. They drop the kids off. Parents are just nose in their phones, and it's. I was just like, well, like, why aren't you involved in your kid? Like, this is why your kid goes on like Roblox and stuff and becomes a terrible human, is because you're not involved, right? So it was just, I don't know, I I, I can't stand that. I it's especially at the karate and the soccer. Like, be invested, man. Be invested in your kid. Yeah, I feel like you should take interest in right. <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, they're, but, they're um, your kid. That's... Um, and the thing I put okay. in there was about the blind guy, and I'll tell the story real quick. So I went to Starbucks and um, with with my kid, and we were ordering, and it was taking a long time to order because there was a lot of people waiting for food. So they kind of double task. They're, like, taking orders and making drinks and food and whatever. So we're waiting to get our order. And my kid likes to take the gift cards, you know, that are always at the front. They don't, they don't cost anything. It's just a gift card. It's the thing that you give. You say, can you load this with? Hold on. She likes to steal stuff from Starbucks is what you're it, saying right now. It's not stealing. It's just, a, <laughs> is it? It doesn't cost anything. If a gift card has $0 I mean, it on it. to manufacture. So, sure. No, but if a gift card has $0 on it, technically it's free. I mean, no, but well, okay. Because well, no, I can no, load it with one cent. I understand what you're saying. There's no monetary value on the card. All I'm saying is the the owner or proprietor of that store had to buy those gift cards from somewhere. Before <laughs> All you. I'm saying Starbucks, is Starbucks sends them to them as stock based off of their average like foot traffic and spend. They send them a stock of cards. As Starbucks yeah, but what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, I could put one cent, please, and I could, and then they don't have pennies, so technically it would round down to zero. So. Technically, it's free. Sure, okay, whatever. But, but, <laughs> Go on. But so, <laughs> behind me is a blind dude, and all I hear, all I hear is tap, tap, tap on the wall, and he's got his stick, and he goes, "Excuse me, your kid's got uh, like something like sticky hands. She's lifting the gift cards," and I was like. <laughs> You're blind. Like, are, how blind are you? Number one and number two. Who, like, what the fuck do you care? Don't you have better things to worry about being blind, like walking into walls and things, like, and damn, maybe dude. not getting hit by a car? Calling, calling my kid out for stealing shit. You're the one who's defrauding the government right yeah. now by pretending <laughs> you're blind. Fucking daredevil over here is trying to nip my kid <laughs> for taking gift cards from the front of the cash. And I was just like, holy wow. shit. I was like, I was like, uh, thanks. And I always turn around and be like, uh, buddy, you're blind. Like, I don't know what you think you saw. (laughs) Right. Just be like, Hey man, he's like, this kid's stealing. I'll be like, this guy's blind. Yeah. I feel like if that does go to court, you probably have a pretty good case of like this joker over here. I can't even see. All right. (laughs) Read these words off this, off this board. So. Well, he can't see, and for the next little while, Aaron Rodgers won't be able to walk. And unfortunately, that was how that game started. 
And by that game, I mean the Monday Night Football game featuring the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And honestly, I was looking forward to this game, not even for Aaron Rodgers, just because I thought this was going to be two teams that I think can be really good this year going head to head on the first Monday Night Football of the season. It's a primetime game, of course. Divisional game as well. Both New York State. It was September 11th. Like, there's just all these reasons as to why this is going to be an incredible game to watch. And we were mere moments into this game, less than a minute into this game, when Aaron Rodgers got tackled, got back up, and then went right back down. And in that moment, it was hard to tell exactly what the issue was, obviously, because we're not um, there and we're not doctors. But it didn't look good, that's for sure. He went to the dreaded blue tent and eventually got carted off. What I will say, though, a a torn Achilles is what it ends up being diagnosed as, is really fucking painful. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers got back up and even like thought about like playing the next snap and was like, "Ah, I should probably sit down. That motherfucker is tough as nails. But just I can't believe that he wasn't just rolling around in pain. For what it's worth, I heard Kobe took free throws on a torn Achilles. Wow. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's an instant. I, I, I've never torn an Achilles. I don't know. Apparently, I've tearing heard... it, you, like you're, you're better off tearing it completely, like in terms of pain, than you are tearing it partially. Tearing it partially is significantly more pain than tearing it right off. And if I don't know right. if you saw the, the picture of him when it tore, how his calf, it looks like it exploded. Because yeah. I guess the Achilles just pops up into your. Just, like it yeah, just rolls roll up. Right up. Yep. Oof. it's pretty gruesome if you if you know what you're looking for and you see it and yeah it's definitely uh a soft tissue injury which are incredibly difficult to heal and the timeline for aaron Rodgers at this point is at least this season he is uh out for this season so that means zach wilson season and we unfortunately had to watch a Monday Night Football game featuring Zach Wilson. Um, we'll get into it of what you guys think about this Jets team going forward and you know how this game went. But part of me thinks that the Bills threw this game away. It was their game to, at that point, when Aaron Rodgers goes down. Bills it is, it away. Josh Allen threw it away. Fair enough. That's kind of what I'm getting at, where Josh Allen was horrendous, um, th- showing absolutely zero care for possession of the football at all. It was an interesting game because there was barely any punts because their punter was uh, Josh Allen, who's just fucking whipping the ball down the field to anybody uh, wearing a green green jersey. Here's the thing. Like Maddie said, yeah, Josh Allen threw the game away. But credit where credit's due, the Jets' defense is very good. And any other team probably still would have intercepted some of those passes. But the amount of sacks, I think it was five sacks on Allen, and just creating that havoc in and around him, making him do those ridiculous attempts down the field, I'm sure led to all of that. So what I'm getting at is the Jets' defense is still good, if not great. And they held Josh Allen, who, as far as we know, is still a top three quarterback in the league, to a mediocre game. 
maybe he's top five quarterback. You get the point. All I'm trying to say is that uh, Josh Allen was held to a laughable scoreline in this game because of the Jets. The Jets were in this game because of their defense. Zach Wilson, and I, I honestly believe the New York Jets believe this too, in that Zach Wilson's not the guy. Zach Wilson can't be the guy. Zach Wilson wouldn't have been the guy if Aaron Rodgers was coming in. You know, like there's a reason why they went out and got Aaron Rodgers. So they don't believe Zach Wilson is the guy. The question to you guys is, what do you do going forward? Are you rolling with Zach Wilson? Or are you looking to free agency? Are you looking to trade Lance? Maybe a trade to acquire a quarterback? If you were in the shoes of running the New York Jets right now, what is your path forward for your offense? I mean, no, like I... I don't think they don't think Zach Wilson's the guy. I don't think he just, I think they think he's just not the guy right now. And that's why they got Rogers for two years, hoping that when the mentorship's over, similar to Favre was for him, similar to what he appeared to be for Jordan Love, you know, recently that the mentorship would be that he's in here for a couple years and then Wilson can come right in and he learned enough and, you know, you know, being around that and kind of, from a Hall of Fame quarterback that he can come in and, you know, be the guy in a couple years. Now, is this a little sooner than they hoped, obviously, but it's not like Rodgers is dead. He's still there to help mentor him and kind of coach him and, and you know, be, uh, be a soundboard and to kind of impart that wisdom that he has and, you know, on the sideline can be like, hey, you were in this situation, try this, do this. He's there with him in practice every day, you know. So I think it's a more favorable situation than it was last year or even the year before i think it's he's older he's more mature maybe a little bit more calmed down maybe feels more comfortable with rogers there that you know he can grow and compete but at the end of the day when you look at both of the guys in the game Allen didn't make the plays when he needed to and wilson did and that's all that matters so if you look strictly at this game the plays that Zach Wilson had to make, like the pass to Garrett Wilson or the uh, little short pass to Alan Lazard. I mean, I mean, the, the Garrett Wilson touchdown was magical. And I'd say more on the back of Garrett Wilson than Zach Wilson. Yeah, but it take, it does take the balls to to throw it in that situation, especially your right. Yeah, I, I don't remember if that came after the brutal interception that Wilson threw over the middle. I think it did. After. So to, to come to back the, from that to have the nutsack and the pass to Lazard he was he was pretty much down and out like that pass to Lazard probably shouldn't happen and he was able to make a play on on something that was broken so here's the thing Zach Wilson had no idea he was going to play that game yesterday um Zach Wilson had no idea he was going to play a game this season so let's caveat that you know you have a guy who's probably not prepared to take the reins of this team uh but at the same time look what are the options you're gonna go and get a carson wentz you're gonna go and get a matt ryan you know matt ryan's in the booth yeah well that's what you're gonna call him out of the booth like i'm sure i'm sure if the jets called that man walks out of the booth and he takes a job right so let me throw some names at you 
and don't put Tom Brady on there. It's not happening. It'd be the greatest story in sports, but it's not happening. <laughs> All right. I won't include Tom Brady, but looking at the list of available free agent quarterbacks right now, the name that everyone always throws out every time this happens. And the, I don't think he's ever going to play in the NFL ever again, but Colin Kaepernick. Yes or nope. no? No, no. Both say no. Nick Foles. Nope. No. Uh, former Jet. Joe Flacco. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm getting at where it's like, oh, there's not a lot of great options, unfortunately. Colt McCoy. No, no. no. Matt Ryan's in the booth, but he hasn't officially retired. Um, here's the other one, Carson Wentz. I think that out of them all, that's probably the most likely. But yep. here's the thing. You put Carson Wentz next to Zach Wilson, and you think about what you want to achieve as a franchise. You, I, and like Maddie said, as long as... And we don't know what Rodgers is going to do. Like, Rodgers can be a weird cat. So, as long as he doesn't disappear, if he continues to invest in this team and he's on the sidelines or he's upstairs and he's working with the team and he's at practices, like, if he continues to be invested in the team and invested in in Zach, then I think they might be okay. At the well, end of the I day, don't necessarily... they Go just ahead. they. Zach is very lucky right now to be surrounded by a lot of legitimate playmakers. Garrett Wilson is a legitimate playmaker. Brees Hall looked like the best running back in the league. Yeah, he looked really good. Really good. Darting in and out. Like, dude, after an AC, people last year when he went down with the ACL tear, people like, you're never the same after an ACL tear. It could be a career. That dude was juking and cutting like. Like, like, like he never got injured so and then they have Dalvin Cook and l- like people can joke all they want Alan Lazard can make catches right and then you have Randall Cobb there as a calming influence around people you know I'm not entirely sold on the idea that Zach can't get it done is it likely no right is it possible maybe but, I mean, don't forget, the guy was drafted number two overall. He clearly has talent. I think it's, with Zach, I think it's between the ears. And again, I'm always going to say, remember the, remember the year that Zach had last year on a personal level. That is very, we, we in Canada, we say, oh, and we'll talk about the Mike Babcock thing later. Shit comes up. The, the way the stuff attaches to people in pro football in the United States is entirely different than most other sports. So when your girlfriend cheats on you with your best friend and then you get busted or outed for, you know, milfing it up, like that's that's a lot to deal with between the years, right? And you're coming back from an injury and you're supposed to lead the New York Jets and you're number two overall. Like that's a lot, right? And he's, what, under 23? So I would, or I don't know, he's, maybe he's 24 now. I'm not sure. But all I'm saying is steady hand like Rodgers if he's on the sidelines, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, Randall Cobb to be a strong voice of reason, better offensive weapon, better offensive depth. The only thing I need to say, and, you know, when Rodgers went down, half of me thought he sat back down because he was like, we need to figure out this fucking O-line shit. I thought he was taking a break from that O-line. Uh, Makai yeah. Becton, listen, every edge rusher 
for the Bills was doing laps around Makai Becton. They need to figure that out. They need to figure out what they're going to do about that offensive line or they're fucking toast. Yeah, that offensive line didn't look good. That's for sure. Now, also consider that regardless of whether it's going to be Zach Wilson that starts or not, I think they still have to go out and get a quarterback. Like they're still going to need someone to be at least his backup, right? Um, An interesting name that came up was because he literally suggested himself on television was RG3, who another second round pick or second overall pick, I should say. Um, I don't know if he necessarily fits in the offense, though, but maybe that's what he looks good in like workouts and stuff. I've heard that he looks good. Oh, I'm sure he does. And that's the thing. Like, you don't necessarily need to go out and get someone to replace Zach Wilson. It's who can come in to be his backup, who can come in to um, help him if needed. Like, God forbid Zach Wilson gets hurt, then what? Right, right. Randall Cobb playing quarterback? Like, you need someone. <laughs> so there's going to have to be some transaction made here, and whether it is a free agent or it's you know, making a trade for a Trey Lance, we'll, we'll or see. Or do they bring Strebler you, back? Former I mean, CFL great Strebler. There's all sorts I mean, of options. I mean, that's another option, too, is take the best quarterback in the CFL as your backup. Who knows? It could work out. Like, these or guys all what? played college ball in the States. Give me Rourke off the practice squad of the Jags. Well, no, he got cut. No, he's not. I like, think he I signed to the practice. No, I don't even think he's. Oh, did he? I didn't even think yeah. he made practice squad. I think he signed to the practice squad. So get that kid. Last week we talked about our predictions for divisions and Super Bowl, etc. James, Maddie, both of you said the Jets are winning their division. James, you even said they're winning the Super Bowl. Do you still believe that? Uh. I think it's unfair to have that expectation now. Okay, so Stephen A. Smith said something really, I think, poignant on the situation. And he said, from the Chad Penningtons to the Vinny Testaverdes to the Mark Sanchez, whatever, the Jets have achieved, they went to back-to-back AFC championships under Rex Ryan. Bill Parcells led them to AFC championships, whatever. There's always been moments and ebbs and flows of hope with the New York Jets. This year, with Aaron Rodgers, to like the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year, the you know DJ Reed, uh, Brees Hall coming back, Dalvin Cook, like all of the pieces were there that hope ascended or transcended Stephen A. Smith into expectation. So I think without you know Rodgers, who let's be honest, the cadence, the play calling, everything was crafted around how Aaron Rodgers likes. He brought in his people. He brought in his coach. Like everything was crafted around how he wanted the offense to go. It would be unfair to still pick the Jets as division winners uh, and Super Bowl winners. So if you're giving me a mulligan to choose, I, I would take it. Oh, no, I'm not changing the picks now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I but, mean, Chad but Johnson thinks that Zach Wilson's going to go off. Chad Johnson thinks that Zach Wilson is going to go off and that he's going to absolutely torch the league. Chad Johnson was also saying that the reason these guys get hurt because they don't eat enough uh, fast food. So <laughs> No, but I mean, fine. But at the same time, it's like when you actually talk football from a guy that, you know, stayed extremely healthy for his career and, you know, was one of the best receivers of his age, then I would say, you know, the dude knows. And if, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a guaranteed fact, but I would say that considering everything that has been built around, you know, the team in New York and 
you know, the support structure. And like I said, having Aaron Rodgers there, even as an advisory capacity while he's hurt, I, I think we can't look at Zach Wilson like we have the past couple of years. I think we have to look at it as the opportunity that's in front of him. And I mean, we'll have a good idea by week six or week five. Yeah. And I think I don't think it matters right now how much Salah or the team believes in Zach. I think, first of all, Zach needs to think that Zach can do this. And I think if he can convince himself and he can get in the mindset of like, okay, this is my team. And, and one of the things last year, the dude sounded like a petulant child. He sounded like a fucking baby in that one press conference. He sounded, he sounded like a young buck. Yeah, like, like a young buck. Um, <laughs> he sounded way more mature in his presser after this game. And, you know, he said all the right things. You know, this just means that I have to be dialed in. I have to be efficient. I have to get better. You know, for a game that, like, for all intents and purposes, they won. And he's still saying, you know, I got to get better, blah, blah, blah. So, well, think of all, like, the pomp and circumstance. It's September 11th. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's dude. in New York. It's the the field was shit. The weather was shit. Everything that happened the night before to the Giants and the mindset of all like football fans in New York and like just everything. And then for him to come in and then one of the first plays or not first plays, but one of the plays he makes at a really terrible moment in the game is that interception, but then able to gather himself and come back and, you know, like I said, the play to Lazard and then the throw to Garrett Wilson and to manage the ball and manage the game. And yeah, obviously handing off a ball for the running backs is whatever, but still but he didn't turn in it those over. moments to do that. Yeah. Like in those moments to do that. I'm, I'm glad you brought the conditions because a lot of people were uh, speculating or not speculating, but a lot of people were throwing this out there on uh, Twitter slash X over the past 24 hours of the turf at MetLife Stadium. And a lot of people were suggesting, well, why don't they play on grass? Now, this is such a... Um, I get the point of like, yes, grass is softer than the turf. I get it. Um, I don't know if there is uh, necessarily a financial difference. I'm sure there is a significant one. And especially like they say, oh, well, I mean, they play soccer on grass. Why can't they do it for football? It's like, well, football's played in the fall in New York. It's going to snow. Um, it would be a significant undertaking to make those changes now. However, we have seen with Lionel Messi stepping into MLS and saying, all right, starting, starting now, I'm not fucking playing unless it's grass. I wonder if we will we'll see something like that in the NFL one day. If guys are going to continue to get hurt like this and it's high-profile players like Aaron Rodgers... If all of a sudden Josh Allen goes down with an injury and Patrick Mahomes goes down with a similar injury and you can start to re like connect the dots and say this might be related to turf and maybe it's safer to play on grass, I think you might see it. I don't see I don't think you see it immediately, but I think there's a chance for this. But you could also say like that goes with anything, right? It's like if if guys all play in Dallas and every time they play in Dallas, a big name player gets hurt, they're like, I'm never playing in fucking Dallas again for whatever <laughs> reason, right? Well, it's then you sound like an NBA player. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's just, I, I think it depends on the injury type. Like if you get a lot of concussions because of it, then yeah, because it's harder guys heads are cracking off the ground then. Yeah. But like, this is something the cleat dug in and 
it is what it is, right? Like right. even on grass, the, the cleat would have dug in and done the same Listen, thing. The O line protects him, then that injury doesn't happen. So, you know, yeah, like I mean, that a lot that of... O line, and we said right after Wilson came in, there was a lot of moments where he was very close to getting taken down pretty brutally, and we'd even said this O line is going to cost the Jets their season, and they might have. Yes, and I think the movie The uh, Blind Side is a great example of how how important your offensive line is. Um, and you know what? If you really, if you're really interested in films like I am, I think you should definitely check out Now Your Treasures because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV. And video games. I don't think there's a, a bright side one up on there, but you never know. You never know because there's an uh, entire ever-expanding inventory at Now Your Treasures. Because they're sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. If you visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram, send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. And like I said, there's an entire ever expanding inventory over at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N O W Y O U R T R E A S U R E S dot C A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram, send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, gentlemen, there wasn't just one game in the NFL this past week. In fact, there was, what was it, 16 games? A whole lot of games. Happening in the NFL in week one, of course, everyone is in action. We started with Monday Night Football, of course, because that was the big story of Aaron Rodgers' season ending and who knows, perhaps maybe his career. We hope that's not the case, but uh, given his age, that could be the situation. We will start, though, on Thursday Night Football, the official kickoff to the NFL, which I had the damnedest time trying to find a sports bar in San Francisco because apparently no one watches sports in San Francisco. But I eventually did find uh, a place to watch this game. It was the Lions taking on the Chiefs. And I don't think many people were picking the Detroit Lions to win this game. The Kansas City Chiefs, of course, being your NFL defending or NFL defending Super Bowl champions, taking on the Detroit Lions that we talked about last week of, hey, you know what? They're favored to win their division. Let's, let's give some respect to the Detroit Lions. They are a better team than people are probably giving them credit to be. And we saw that uh, on this past Thursday when they actually defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I thought Montgomery looked amazing. Uh, he's no Brees Hall, that's for sure. But Montgomery looked real good. And the Chiefs looked out of sorts without Travis Kelsey. And someone who certainly looked out of sorts was the man who had to end up deleting his Twitter. Uh, poor Kadarius Tony, who could not for the life of him uh, find a way to catch a football thrown in his general direction. I think the the memes that came out that week were borderline mean, <laughs> but at the same time, very funny. Um, I think my favorite one from this past week was um, the one about how Kadaris Tony is being placed on the injured list because of broken hands. And his hands aren't, he's not hurt. Like, <laughs> he, he, they just don't work. <laughs> it's, uh, you know... I think it, it's such a hard thing because I, I, w I would think that 
it would feel in a weird way it would feel more mean if this guy wasn't a professional athlete that is literally paid millions of dollars just to catch a ball and I, I know I'm oversimplifying it like it is the National Football League and you have the most elite athletes chasing and hunting you down so I mean again everyone's probably oversimplifying the task to make a catch in the NFL as a wide receiver however there are how many wide receivers in this league I don't know how many get five six attempts and like zero catches uh, the dude was what he, he rushed even a couple times and ended up like negative yards which is unreal yeah it was like bad. he, he had one rush for negative one yards and what were his receiving yards he was one for one for one yard one for one no, excuse me. I mean, I'm sorry. One reception, one yard is what I meant. He had five targets, but uh, yeah. So on his one reception of the five targets, it was one total yard. So yes, net between his rushing yards and his receiving yards. That's zero. Is, that's a zero, bud. Yeah. That's, uh, that's hard to do. I think, you know, what's harder than making a catch? Not making any, I think, in the NFL based on the skill level of these guys. And again, Kadarius Tony has had injury problems and things like that, so... I, I hang tight on the guy. I mean, listen, I dropped him in fantasy because I can't trust the man. But at the same time, if I were the Chiefs, I, I don't know that you write him off yet. But if I'm the coach, I'm setting him down and I say, you learn how to catch a fucking ball. Like, the rest of this week, we're just going to stand three feet in front of you and you're going to catch this ball. You're going to get familiar with the ball. You're going to sleep with the ball. You're going to take the ball in the bathroom. If you got to take a shit, you're going to hold the ball. Everything you do is going to hold that ball. Because he's got to find a way to be familiar with it. Because it, like, it was the definition of the yips. Like that guy was, every pass was just the yips. But also, like you said, credit to the, the Detroit Lions. Stellar offense. David Montgomery, Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, Jared Groff doesn't have to do much. He just... I think Jared Goff did a really good job of taking what the defense gives you, which everyone says is the way to play football. And without Chris Jones playing, he had a lot more to, to take from the the defense of the the Chiefs. So, But the Lions aren't going to go anywhere unless they figure out the defense. The defense played well against the Chiefs. Again, no Travis Kelsey. But overall, that defense is probably not good enough to hold them up in key moments this season. Next, we had the Panthers and Falcons. I don't have much from this game other than um, Algier looked really good. <laughs> but no, I think, I think that's you're thinking a, of Bijan. I mean, he looked good too. Of course, yeah. Like, so there's a number of, or I shouldn't say a number. There's a couple guys in the backfield for the Falcons who could be really good. Yeah. And yeah, Bijan had, you know, 10 carries, 56 yards, but Tyler Algier had 15 carries for 75 yards. And a couple touchdowns. So, um, there's something there in Atlanta. I don't know how uh, sustainable it's going to be, but there's there's something there in Atlanta. Uh, there's something to keep an eye on. It's, I mean, as I look forward to next week, and I know we'll go over all of uh, the games for next week, but I might be interested in taking the Falcons next week. That's a crazy thing for me to say, but 
Also, something that was crazy was the Bengals uh, putting up a whole three points. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, um, I, man, Joe Burrow, he's got paid a lot of money. And he didn't throw one touchdown, did he? Not one, because that's how math works. The, did he complete a pass? The Bengals lost 20. <laughs> I'm sure he completed at least one pass. Um, to who? Because it wasn't to Jamar Chase. Well, Joe Burrow ended with uh, 14 for 31, so he def- definitely did have some passes complete. He had a whole 82 yards. You know, that's uh, more than zero. More than 81. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase had like two catches for like 12 yards. Uh, he finished with 39 yards, but yeah, so not if you're looking at... So a lot of people have a lot of eggs in the basket of the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of a fantasy perspective. So no, a lot of people are upset about this game. People who had Joe Burrow on their team are upset. People who had Joe Mixon on this team are upset. Jamar Chase and T. I Higgins. Have both, I have both Chase and Mixon. And that's not ideal. No. Well, I still if won look, my week, luckily. And if you look over at the other side, the uh, Cleveland Browns. A bit better. And it's, it's... I know historically the Bengals don't do very well against the Browns early in the season. Fine. But man, I really just want to see Deshaun Watson fail. And he hasn't done that yet. And I'm, I'm getting upset. I know it's only week one, but I kind of just want to see him go and like burst into flames. And I haven't <laughs> seen that yet. So I'm a little upset. Uh, everyone's favorite team from this show, at least, who's not the Ravens or the Jets. Uh, the Tony Cons defeated the Indianapolis Colts. And the Tony Cons, of course, were led by Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and Calvin motherfucking Ridley, guys. Holy smokes. Calvin Ridley, over 100 yards and a touchdown on eight eight receptions. Thank you. We... 16 points. You know what, You want to discuss Calvin Ridley? My brother sent me the, the replay of Calvin Ridley's touchdown. Let's talk about Travis Etienne's block. Coming out from the backfield. Yes. Hauled ass. One of my biggest pet peeves while watching sports in general, but I mean, I usually blame this on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is when I don't see hustle out of somebody. It like Because that's free. You know, like you can yeah. be a really talented player, and that's like genetics, and that's God-given talent, but it doesn't cost anything just to work your ass off out there. And man, was that impressive seeing Etienne come out of nowhere. Like from he was renting from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, not even from the line of scrimmage, from the backfield. All yeah. the way. Like, and passed incredible. Calvin Ridley and blocked ahead of him. Yeah. Which is wild. Oh, if you can't find the clip, go find it. I don't know where you where you sent it from, but. It oh, I've seen the clip. Yeah. No, I'm talking to listeners, but, sir. Oh, but oh, it's course. reminiscent of. Two years ago, when DK Metcalf just chased down the receipt, the um, the corner from like after the dude got like a thirty-yard head start and just hauled ass, chased him down and tackled him before he got into the end zone. And like you're right, it's and then you see clips of the punter for the Bills when Xavier was running in and cut in and the punter essentially just looked like he was just giving him a shove like got out of his way and just put his hands on him and tried to knock the ball out and you know people are giving the punter shit because he's just like dude the game's on the line at that point like take the hit 
you yeah. know, or try and try and stop him or slow him down, and let another guy catch up. But he literally just jumped out of his way. It's just great to see, especially from a guy who was so far back and he probably could have been like, all right, we're going to be within five, 10 yards after this. And I'm going to get the ball and run it in. And I, we can still make this touchdown. But he was like, no, like get the score. Like to him at that point, it's not about anything else, but getting the win and oh, getting you know, Ridley into the end zone. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. Players like that, especially in the NFL seem pretty rare these days. And watching that game, listen, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is a bad man. But I, mm. I, I think he's in serious contention for MVP this year. I really do. He's a bad man. And with Calvin Ridley now and him and Etienne's history and Etienne having a full season, you know, his first season he was actually out because of an injury. So last year was his first year. So he's a little more seasoned now. I Man, the Jags could do some damage. Yeah, I'm all about them this year, that's for sure. Well, sticking with a Florida team, our next big upset came with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings did Vikings things. You know, Jefferson had a hell of a night. But, man, is Baker Mayfield good? I I don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) He's had a string of, like, six games or whatever into last year with the Rams where he was actually pretty decent. So I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he is good. Maybe he's just the best player among a pile of junk in Tampa. I don't know, but listen, the Vikings. The Vikings just don't have the offensive depth anymore without Thielen and Co. I just don't think they do. I mean, Jefferson alone cannot carry you to the promised land. So uh, we'll see. And I mean, I don't know. Not really a Kirk Cousins believer. No, I, mean, I don't he, think anyone's a Kirk Cousins believer. <laughs> he, he put up more points than Jalen Hurts this week, which kind of pissed me off, but whatever. <laughs> uh, then we had our uh, the Saints and Titans. Uh, not much to write home about this one. The Saints over the Titans. All right, cool. Uh, Niners Steelers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the San Francisco 49ers, 30-7 to for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I jokingly said last week that the Steelers are the worst team in the NFL. They might be. Honestly, it's... Uh, I, I th- no, I know. The Giants are definitely putting in uh, work to uh, uh, claim that uh, title, but oof. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't take this too much from the Steelers. I think I still think their offense is underrated, even though they only put up seven points. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had himself a game, and you know, Brock Purdy, uh, Nick Bosa. Like they're just the Forty the ers are just a well-rounded team. And, and we, don't forget about Christian McCaffrey too. Like McCaffrey dude. was a late addition to the roster last year. And we didn't get to see a full training camp of McCaffrey learning this offense and being an instrumental part of it. Now we're seeing it. And yeah, between McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo and Kittle. And I mean, I was doubting Purdy last week. I don't know if I am anymore, honestly. But like, isn't like the first Tuesday after the NFL week one, the most overreacted day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They call it overreaction Tuesday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're in it. Of course it is. Yeah. And that's what's so fun about it. 
It's yeah, like when just, people are like, oh, the no, yeah, I wouldn't write off the Steelers. Like, they're probably going to be like a 500 team or like just close to that or something like that. Like, I would say I wouldn't be surprised if they're a seven and nine team or sorry, um, eight and nine, like a nine and nine team or like a seven and ten or something somewhere in and around there. That wouldn't yeah, shock that, me. That math is hard now that they play more than 16 games. It was so much easier before it was even numbers, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just I just think well it also sucks too because like I just don't see what the um the Steelers have with receivers now that Johnson's hurt too. Yeah, so good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Deontay Johnson's also hurt. <laughs> so um yeah. they just George this Steelers offense. This Steelers offense that did not show up last week and that for whatever reason James still believes in no longer has their best uh, wide receiver. Well, so I think I think Najee, just, Har- Najee Harris is is a good piece. Uh, I think George sure. Pickens was a WR three border WR two. Um, Deontay Johnson was kind of a lynch. Sorry, he's listed as their wide receiver one now. Yeah, well, I mean, well, it has to be <laughs> someone has to be. <laughs> yeah, someone has to be. So I meant more like in terms of the NFL. Like, is if you put him on better teams, he probably slots at a yeah. WR three, but. Oh, man. Yeah, they're going to have to figure something out. I mean, listen, I don't doubt Mike Tomlin, though. Mike Tomlin's never missed the playoffs. So he'll make the adjustments, and we'll see. Who do they play next week? We'll get to that they later. They play San Fran. Oh, no, no. Well, That's, sorry, I'm looking at my week one. Next week, the Steelers are playing the, playing Browns, the Browns on Monday Night Football. Yeah. That'll be yeah. another one. Yeah, good luck with that one. So... Uh, the next game was my pick of the sure bet, and of course it paid. It was the Washington Commanders over the Carolina uh, <laughs> Cardinals. However, Carolina Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so many C's going on here with the Commanders and Cardinals. That's probably why I'm getting tripped up. It was a lot closer game than I thought it was going to be. That was not... I thought it was like a sure bet. Like, yeah, no problem. The Commanders got this one. That was not close. Or excuse me, that was uh, not as of much of a blow as I thought it was going to be. It was very close. A 2016 victory for the Commanders. Whatever. I mean, I don't think there's anything else, else for us to say about that game. It's two teams no one cares about. A team that we do care about is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they handily took care of the Houston Texans. The Ravens did lose J.K. Dobbins, which is just what they do. You know, that's just what, <laughs> what happens every year. J.K. Dobbins is... Uh, not long for this world in the NFL, unfortunately. No Mark Andrews now either. Well, it depends. He'll probably that game. He'll probably come back week two. Hopefully, yeah. But the Ravens without oh, so, actually that reminds me. The morning of Sunday, I saw uh, someone in this uh, general uh, vicinity pick up Isaiah Likely to play tight end since Mark Andrews went out, and I <laughs> laughed. And I said, "Oh, this poor man." I needed somebody. This poor man should not have picked up Likely because that motherfucker is going to do absolutely nothing. One point. And one point. Yeah. <laughs> one point. <laughs> you know what, though? Didn't you win by one point? I won by, no, by a half point. Hey, so there, there you go. go. Isaiah Likely. Likely well, no, he got me point four. You won the week for you. Point four yeah. points. <laughs> he had point four points. No, like, I mean, I needed somebody. And realistically, if it's like a last minute scratch and your game plan has so much tight end yeah. targets built into it. Yeah. It, it was the most logical chance. Is he getting dropped this week? A thousand percent. <laughs> the logic I totally get. I totally get it. I'm just saying, as a Ravens fan, I'm like, I've been down this road before. <laughs> like, for me, for me, and like, I don't care if, 
you know, people hear this, I'm like tossing around between three guys to pick up in that spot because this made me realize that Mark Andrews could be in and out a little bit this season if he's sitting week one, comes back week two, could re-aggravate whatever and could maybe play out of the, you know, the schedule of games, maybe play eight, nine. So I'm looking at a backup tight end. I don't know. Dude in Dallas looks like he might be a good pickup. Who are you uh, picking up, just so I know? <laughs> What's his name? S. Laporta. Okay, perfect. That's fine. You have a waiver wire, uh, wire priority over me, so I was curious <laughs> who I'm not going to get. Uh, oh, by right, the way, so I just want to p- shout, out, shout out to Zay Flowers. We were talking in the car about him. He looked really good. Right. Yeah, Zay Flowers. Um, a lot of people going into this season were saying, this guy is the real deal. And I was hoping that was the case as a Ravens fan, and I didn't know if that was going to be the case. But uh, so far after week one, it looks pretty good. Um, even though Lamar Jackson struggled mightily, but uh, Zay still got his targets and got his receptions, which is good. Packers and Bears. I don't know if any any one of us on this show had absolutely more than zero faith in Jordan Love, but you know what? Jordan Love is 245 here, yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> I'd say he had a good afternoon. Green Bay it's, is a QB factory, man. It's it's not Green Bay. It's how bad Chicago looked. Like you think so? The Justin Fields actually Chicago's defense is fucking horrible. Like the no, the Justin Fields experiment is over. Like they're I'm not surprised if they draft a QB and they cut bait on him this year. I would like to point out that during our Super Bowl prediction slash division winners predictions last week, I said the Bears are going to win the division. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I know it's week one, like whatever. Um, James said Lions, uh, Maddie said Vikings. I am getting the impression now that we're all going to be wrong. And Green Bay is going to fucking, you know what I mean? Like Dude. if Jordan Love continues this, where realistically, and I haven't looked at the stats like through everybody yet and like who, where everyone's ranking right now, but at 245 and three, uh, 245 think, yards and three touchdowns, I think he, he might be the top QBR. Like, I think he had the highest QBR for the week. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at is. Um, he might be statistically after week one be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Raiders and Broncos. I don't think anyone cares about these ga- that game. So we can move right on unless you guys have anything about that game. Nope. Moving on. Um, Eagles Patriots. Interesting. You know, mm. Eagles won, which I think everyone expected, but it was a tighter game than I think most people expected with a 25 to 20 victory for the Eagles. And another one of those situations where big time paycheck quarterback and Jalen Hurts, 170 yards and a touchdown, not inspiring a whole lot of faith in uh, Jalen Hurts. Now, we none of the one big game. time quarterbacks right, were dialed in this week. None of the big time players were dialed in. True. This week. Well, Actually, there, was, true. there was some big time players who had some big time games, but like, you're on right. Average, 75% of them did not produce. If you look at Burroughs, all the guys, all the quarterbacks who just signed a shit ton of money, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. That's almost a billion dollars worth of contracts right there. Didn't have good all leads. Not combined leads. probably for combined for one touchdown. Combined for one fucking touchdown. See, I I out of all three of them though, I feel the most comfortable with Jalen Hurts being a guy that's gonna be like, Yeah, it's one week, whatever. Like yeah. I with Lamar with like you said Dobbins out and Mark Andrews questionable. What's that dude gonna do? He's gonna have to run for 150 yards a game 
just for that team to be competitive. Um, and Joe, Joe Burrow still doesn't have an O-line. And for a dude who's had knee injuries and this calf injury and didn't do anything in training camp at all, and that was his first appearance, I mean, out of the three, I think Jalen Hurts is the one that you're least worried about. And so the reason why I was saying not all of the star players didn't have a great game because this was probably the most exciting game to watch all weekend, and that was the Miami Dolphins and the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> Dolphins getting the victory 36-34, and that star player I'm talking about is my boy Tyreek Hill, who's wreaking havoc, and the new name of my fancy football team is the Wreaking Havocs, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Tyreek I, I something like havoc. that. Tyreeking Havoc. That's what I wrote. I actually went to like uh, chat GPT to like uh, I said, give me an image of Tyreek Hill combined with the WCW Halloween Havoc logo. <laughs> that's my, the new picture of my team name that's of funny. the Tyreek Havocs or whatever the hell. Um, so speaking of which, Tyreek uh, Hill, 215 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> His fancy points was like in the 30s. It was no, uh, I pretty had, ridiculous. Uh, in, in one of my leagues, he's got 44 points for Tyreek Hill. Well, so that points. depends on what I think that's because it was a PPR league is what we were yeah. looking at because he would have got points for all 11 of his receptions. So that's probably the difference right there. But still, two Tonga by Loa with 466 passing yards. <laughs> Did you know, I think someone told me that in a, no, maybe I'm incorrect. Like well, first the game is, of the season or something like that's up there with like one of the greatest first game of the season yardages. Right. It's like fourth all time or something. You could probably total at least four other quarterbacks, and they wouldn't total 466 yards that Tua had in that game. Now, enough to be outdone, Justin Herbert had 228 yards and one passing touchdown. However, the the uh, the Chargers are more of a rushing first team, I think. Sometimes when you look at guys like Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly, like they both put up over 100, almost 100 yards, like. Austin Eckler with 117 on the ground and Josh Kelly with 91 on the ground. Like they're a run first offense. So to look at Herbert and say, ah, he didn't quite hit the numbers of Tua, it, he didn't need to. Um, I think there may be some question of concern of what Austin Eckler's health is, but I still think the Chargers are in a good spot. If Eckler misses time, Josh Kelly can step in. Yeah. Obviously, he's not Austin Eckler, but the, and that was a tight game. Are, yeah. I guess uh, okay. like Miami, I mean, everyone's talking about how dominant Tyreek Hill and Tua was for Miami. For the Chargers to be in there only losing by two points, I think they're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Rams and Seahawks. Rams handily <laughs> took this one 30, oh, yeah. uh, 30 to 13. Wait, is that a, was the last year a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams? And, you know, they're coming. I still love that clip, and I sent it to you both, of... Aaron Donald breaking the line and you hear Gino on the mic going, Oh my God, <laughs> like he's scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we don't really think about uh prof- Sometimes we look at professional athletes and we look at like, uh, you know, guys on a baseball card or guys in a video game or names in our fantasy league. But sometimes we forget they're real dudes, right? <laughs> and yeah. you see, Oh man, the poor Gino Smith seen Aaron Donald sprinting in his direction, untouched. And yeah. he was oh God. terrified for his life in that moment it's um i i watch a lot of aaron donald like workouts and stuff like that the dude can like squat over a thousand pounds it's stupid and um i watch like like those sports science things where it's like the equivalent of this and this and that getting hit by aaron donald uh at 
full speed would be the equivalent of like getting hit by a smart car going like 30 clicks an hour. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll do some damage. Like yeah, Aaron um, Donald and a smart car could run head on. And if that smart car goes 30 <laughs> clicks, it's smart car it would loses. be just yeah, <laughs> yeah Aaron Donald wins. It's like Mortal Kombat, flawless victory. He's a scary man. Yeah. Like, and then the last game of the week was a Sunday nighter. Because of course we started with the Monday nighter. Um it wasn't pretty. It was a massacre. The Cowboys took the victory 40 to nothing. With Dak Prescott Giants. doing absolutely nothing. That, he didn't, didn't have, have to, to be anything. there. No. I have him in one of my leagues. He had six fantasy points. Yeah, when yep. you win 40 to nothing and you generate six points, that's pretty bad. And listen, I understand raining, whatever, running the ball. Still, man, 40 nothing, and you 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 weren't involved. And they're they're favored by nine and a half next week against the Jets. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the thing is, though, is the as much I I see why the rating is that is one Zach Wilson two, um. Dallas's defense is very good. Like Micah Parsons is going to get paid. Like that dude is going to make massive amounts of money. Um, and he had his way with the the Giants offense. Like they, there was no protection for uh, for the Giants QB, and so it was just I don't know. That game was over in the first quarter. Like literally, not just figuratively, where it's you know you're using it as a metaphor or hyperbole. It legitimately was over in the first. And Laporta. I wish I saved. I wish I saved the tweet, and so I can give credit to whoever said this. But it was pretty hilarious. Where they said it was the first time in NFL history that a team gave up a blocked field goal for a touchdown, an interception for a touchdown got shut out and there's a couple other things there's like five things they listed that were like catastrophically horrible and it, the tweet basically said that was the first time a team has ever done all these things in one season let alone, let alone in one game oh, so that's man. horrifically bad the night went for the giants wipe yourself off man <laughs> and pretty much Week one is dead to us as well, <laughs> as we look forward to week two. However, before we get to that, I do want to quickly reference that we had our sure bets of who we think are going to win this coming week or this past week, I guess now. I said the Washington Commanders would win their game. And of course they did over the Cardinals, that is uh, James. Do you remember what your pick was, James? I don't. Well, James said the uh, Minnesota Vikings were <laughs> going to win their game. And, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had something to say about that. So James starts the year 0 for 1. And then, of course, Maddie, I think you remember yours. Jags. I'm Trevor Lawrence. You know what? I'll find a way to take him every week. Fuck it. That is correct. Maddie picked the Tony Cons over the Indianapolis Colts, and the Tony Cons came away with the victory there. So both Maddie and I are... 1-0, and James starts the year 0-1. Oh, uh, do you guys want to make those picks now, or do you want to go through quickly some of the matchups for week two? 
the one thing I would like to say is a cool stat is Jordan Whitehead from the Jets had a bonus incentive built into his contract this year for 250000 If he got three receptions of the season, three interceptions this season, <laughs> he cashed that in on week one. Unbelievable. That a boy. That's awesome. That a boy. That's awesome. Well, he's in any time. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, he's just like, you know what? Let's make this quick Come and clean on, so he can play. Stress free this year. Yeah, well, um, I I would I would say we could do our picks now, and Jim should go first because he's zero and one. So whoa, I like that as a rule, but also whoa. Um, this if you're is a good hard with week. Making picks now. This is a very very hard week. Um, uh, do you want to go into some of the interesting games first, so I can think about this? All right, so starting off on Thursday night, we have the Vikings and the Eagles. We have FanDuel favoring the Philadelphia Eagles by seven. Also interesting for this game, keep in mind, because all of us are going to be watching this game, of course, it's on Prime Video on Thursday night, so keep that in mind. Wait, the Thursday nighters on Prime? Yep. Even in Canada, well, Amazon Prime did video. somebody else get it? Oh, you know, that's very possible. It's on, like... Fucking TSN or some bullshit network, but hopefully we can still watch our Prime Video. I'm just pissed I couldn't watch the Manning cast yesterday. It was on TSN Plus. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Which you gotta pay extra for, motherfucker. That's so dumb. It's the like, I watched it on ESPN two. IPTV. I'm gonna. You know what? You gotta set mine up. Just I'm gonna. I'll give you the. I have an extra login. I'll give it to you. Honestly, okay, with the uh, I was looking at the prices of DAZN this season. I'm like, IPTV has DAZN, buddy. No, give me your. So, what? Just I know we're sidetracking. What do I need to set it up? We'll, we'll talk about this. <laughs> <That's later. laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, go ahead, games. Uh, also, we got the Packers and the Falcons going at it. We or Packers and Falcons. That is a minus one and a half for the Packers. And for also to to say this again, we are going by FanDuel's odds. Yes. Sponsor us. We are working with FanDuel's odds. Um, Sponsor us. This one should be interesting. The Bengals and the Ravens. Bengals are at home favored by three and a half. Wild. Ooh, I am definitely looking at that direction for the Ravens. Not for this pick that we're talking about right now for a sure bet, but I think that might end up on my parlay at some point this weekend. The Buccaneers are favored by three at home over the Bears. We have the Colts favored by one on the road in Houston. We have the Kansas City Chiefs favored only by three in Jacksonville. The, that, I am very interested to see that game, actually. Me too. That's that's probably going to be my, like, not pick, but that's going to be my game of the week to watch. That's because mad respect I, to the Jags on that spread. Like that's, And that's what I said. That's... That's ex- that's respect for Trevor Lawrence in that team. Speaking of respect, mad respect for the Buffalo Bills, who are at home favored by nine and a half over the Raiders. I no, the Ravens are going to hard cover on that one. Yeah, hard I, cover. I feel a cover on that one for sure. Uh, Chargers are favored three and a half on the road in Tennessee. We have the Lions favored by five and a half over the Seahawks at home in Detroit. That might be a hard cover by the Seahawks as well. The Giants. This one's wild to me. The Giants are favored. I have to like double, like put my face right into the monitor to make sure I'm reading this right. <laughs> the Giants are favored by six over the Cardinals. Now, look, I know it's the Cardinals. They're shit. But 
they competed last week over with the the commanders. So <laughs> the Giants did not. The Giants did not show up. Period. And last the over under is only thirty nine. <laughs> I know, both. Low. I might take the under. I'm gonna yeah, take I'm the cards un- to yeah. cover and take the under. Cards and the under on that one for sure. That's that's gonna be an ugly matchup for sure. Yep. The 49ers are favored by eight on the road in Los Angeles. That will be a really fun game to watch. Yep. Eight is a tough one. Yep. Especially for a team like the Rams who look like they're back to form a little bit. Dallas Cowboys favored by nine and a half over the Jets at home in Dallas. That's a that's 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 a hard cover by the Jets as well. Like honestly, they like if the Cowboys win, it'll be by five. Then you have the Broncos favored by three and a half against the Washington Commanders. That game is in Denver. This game is the Sunday nighter. This is so um, bad. This spread is terrible. Yeah, I don't know what's happening here. The Miami Dolphins are only favored by two over the New England Patriots. I feel like that's a nice. You want some value? Take the Dolphins. Value. Capital yeah, D-A-L-U-E. There is value there for sure. Two Monday night games were treated with this coming week. The New Orleans Saints are favored by three on the road in Carolina. And then you have, I thought it was seven. It says two and a half. Two and a half favorites are the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh. That's like, there's a lot there. Like that Browns game, like taking the Browns at minus two and a half is an easy take. Honestly. So James, did you come up with one that you feel good about? I do. That's the thing. I don't know if I feel good about any of these. Like I feel like I don't feel like any of them are sure bets. If that's if, no, you know what the, I mean? the matchups are tight this week. Uh you know the I'm my original plan after that. I'm just gonna pick anyone that take that plays the Cardinals, and now the Giants are playing the Cardinals, and I'm like, uh, maybe not. You know what? I am going to go with. The Chargers over the Titans. Lock it in. That's actually not a bad one. I like that one. The Chargers are on the road, but they are favored by three. So we're going to lock that one in. Chargers over the Titans. Are we doing money line or straight? To, are we doing spreads? Like, Do they have to cover? Money no, we're just, just money line. Just whoever wins the game. Um, Maddie, we're going to go with you next just because I went first last week and I feel like I shouldn't get to go ahead of you every week. So what are you feeling for week two? Your sure pick. If someone were to take James's pick, your pick and my pick, combine them all into one parlay, uh, not sponsored by FanDuel. Yeah. Not real betting advice. Yeah, Not, not real, real betting, betting advice. Uh, I am going to take the Browns over the Steelers. Ooh. I like that. I like that as well. As well. Um, that is the late Monday nighter. So hopefully we're recording um, <laughs> on a Tuesday again. But nevertheless, I mean, for Browns. the season, we could do Tuesdays. We could. Browns over Steelers for Maddie. And then I, I just hate the line on this game. Like, I want to Cardinals be- Giants, isn't it? It's not. No, no. I'm looking oh. at the Dolphins and Patriots, and like I want to take Miami so badly in this, but the fact that they're only favored by two scares me a bit. I'm but I'm it. I'm going for it anyways. I'm saying Miami over the New England Patriots. 
for this one. And if this is working properly, I just have to go like this. I just got to click on Miami and I got to click on the Browns and I got to click on the Chargers. And look at that. Technology is fantastic. That three leg parlay will be a plus $3.94, a $5 bet would net you about 20 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's 20 you can roll over in the future weeks. $10 bet probably gets not real betting advice. Not real betting advice. Not officially sponsored by FanDuel. Please play um, responsibly. Please play responsibly and check your local listings. And uh, I don't know, fuck, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All those other things uh, that we would have to say if we were actually sponsored by FanDuel, but we're not. So. Take that worth a grain of salt. Please uh, don't blame us if you lose all your money. Yeah. What you should do, though, is uh, be watching the Toronto Blue Jays this week because they are in a very important series against the Texas Rangers. And the final wildcard playoff spot, I mean, I guess depending on how uh, much the Seattle Mariners decide to fall apart, could be resting on this series. And during all of this, it came out that Alec Manoa, who was sent down mid-August, hasn't, or at least didn't, report to AAA Buffalo immediately. I believe he is there now. However, they've placed him on like the, you know, unable to perform list or whatever the, the list is called mainly because he wasn't pitching and they needed someone to pitch. <laughs> so they didn't want to use the roster spot anymore. So now he's on that list of players who are ineligible to play. And in addition to that, he hasn't been throwing side sessions. He hasn't been throwing at all, as far as the reports have suggested. And uh, the reports that I am suggesting is from one Ben Nich Nicholson Smith from sportsnet.ca. There's a total article about this, about how Manoa hasn't pitched at all and last pitched uh, August 10th for the Toronto Blue Jays when he allowed four runs on four hits and four innings. This guy was a finalist for the AL Cy Young voting last year. He had a 224 ERA. And never really got on track for the Blue Jays this season. They sent him all the way down to like low A ball earlier in the season, came back up probably too early. I don't know what they were smoking when they brought Minoa up as early as they did. And then that was the, he had some rough outings, had a good outing. And then John Snyder fucked it all up by doing two mound visits in the same inning and never really recovered from there. And now it sounds like he has no interest in even playing the game of baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Something that I think we should at least consider. Before, I know you guys are going to rip this guy apart in a second. So I'm just going to throw this out there before you guys say anything. Let's keep in mind that Alex Manoa is still on like the third year of his contract or whatever. This guy's making like 400 grand a year. So it's not like he's one of those uh, entitled athletes who are making tens of millions of dollars every season and he's not... This guy's incredibly underpaid for the season he had last year. Finalist of Cy Young voting. One of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Last year was probably making a few hundred thousand bucks. So just want to throw that out there before anything else. But the question I guess I have to you guys 
we know for sure, 100%, he's not going to pitch again for the Blue Jays this year. Do you see Alex Manoa traded this offseason? Uh, I not necessarily this offseason, but I could see it midseason if it's like this again, because I know you said what he did last year and this and that, but I think we're all very aware. And I, I make this joke fairly often is it just reeks of Ricky Romero to me. Do you know what I mean? Where guy with other world talent and just falls off for whatever reason. Now the reasons could be different and you know, it could be, you know, he could be going through something or dealing with something that we don't know about. But at the same time, regardless of the season he had next last year, that's the standard. And he set that standard. So, you know, a regression, especially in sports, is not acceptable. You know, to us, we can look at it and say, yeah, sophomore slump or, you know, these kinds of things happens. Obviously, guys are going to regress. But for certain positions in every sport, the quarterback, a pitcher, a goalie, um, you know, point guards in the NBA, regressions are not acceptable. And if that's the standard that he set and that's the bar he set, you can't pitch the way he did and then get pissed off when you get sent down. If you're a competitor and you're an athlete and on, you know, the biggest stage of your, you know, sport, you owe it not only to the organization and, you know, fans and things like that, but you owe it to yourself to put in the work and say, to be self-aware enough to say, I haven't been good enough. I need to do whatever it takes not to be like, oh, everything's fine. It's you guys who aren't giving me the opportunity or it's you this like that's that's bullshit to me. And it's the same thing with like the whole George Kirby comment the other day in Seattle where he bitched and moaned about saying, oh, I should have been pulled out of 90. No, shut your mouth. Like play the game. Don't be soft little, you know, five ply tissue paper. It just it bugs the shit out of me because it seems like there's for him. And we've talked about this with other guys. There's zero accountability. There's zero desire to put the work in. There's zero desire to want to get out of this. He, it just seems like he's, it's on everyone else. You know, you were saying he makes $400,000. He's not making tens of million dollars, buddy. This man's going to be making 1475 at Wendy's if he's not careful, because he's not going to get a paycheck. Like if he has any interest in making $10 million and being a petulant $10 million child, he has to get there. And he's not he's not going to based on if, if all reports are true, this attitude can't fly in professional sports. So I'm actually kind of surprised that camp's been silent, which to me says everything that's coming out right now is true, because if not, yep. you know, you're doing whatever you can to do damage control, whatever. So I think at least the majority of this report or the nature of it is probably pretty accurate. Listen, you if you're Alec Manoa, pitch pitch the game. Pitch Buffalo, whatever. You're probably not pitching in the MLB this season. You you came in not very Definitely healthy. Definitely not to start next year. Like, like you, you came in not healthy to camp, right? Figure out your mechanics, go to the gym, and and start taking your shit seriously. Or else you're you're I'm not even joking. He'll end up at Wendy's or or Wawa or whatever you know the equivalent or sheets i don't know whatever that's where he's gonna end up Bad Bath and beyond i don't know if there's enough time right <laughs> no you know what i you know what though i will say this 
I am fully confident I will see him pitch again in a baseball uniform in a stadium. It'll be in three years when I go to Korea and I decide <laughs> to go to a Korean professional baseball game and he's throwing taters and getting bat flipped on by, you know, some dude named like Song Dong and fucking just, like I said, tater over the plate, right field, and the fan base goes nuts. So I'll see it. Or uh, he'll be pitching behind Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn. Yeah. In the California <laughs> Penal League. Penal League. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah, it is pretty crazy considering, like, he was Cy Young finalist. He was the starting pitcher for the Blue Jays in that wild card series against uh, Seattle. He was the starting pitcher opening day for the Blue Jays this year. And man, he just, it just didn't work out. And I think there's reasons for it that I can speculate, but I'm, I could, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm I, who knows, right? Um, I think I know the answer is, but I probably don't. Nevertheless, um, listen, I think the needs, attitude though, the attitude, he's yeah. not going to make the Savannah bananas with the attitude. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's no, that attitude will get you nowhere, no matter where you're going. Because no team will want to touch you. Yeah, we were just talking about with the Jags and Travis Etienne coming out of nowhere, making that block, right? Polar opposite. That's what we were talking about of like, it takes no talent to give me effort. And I feel like right now, based on the reports that we're hearing, is that I don't hear effort right now out of Alec Manoa. Now, he may be hurt. Right, he, there may be something going on in his life, whether it's physical or mental or whatever. And, then come out and say it. Have a statement. Well, he I doesn't need, need to say, but that's the thing. Like he doesn't need to. Right, he needs to communicate that to the team. The team doesn't necessarily need to spread that out to everyone else. So, but, I think there's a disconnect here no, somewhere. I think if but, he says that to the team, the statement comes out as like, "Look, he's dealing with some things. He's gonna go away. He's gonna work on his game. He's gonna work on himself." Blah blah blah. That's a statement, not. He's not reporting. We sent him down. He's refusing to go. It's a different. It's a different narrative. Yeah. And it's if, the, different... if the team felt the need to protect him, they would. They don't. They're not protecting him from this, at least right now, for reasons. And I think actually, probably in our next story, you'll see what 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 it looks like when somebody does want to step up and and defend us, like and a statement based on stuff like that. So I think that's what's telling is that. You know, the Blue Jays haven't come out and said, you know, listen, Alec Manoa will not pitch again this year. He needs to X, Y, and Z. Basically, please fuck off and leave Alec Manoa alone. Yeah, right? leave like, him alone. You won't see him. That's it. So I, just, I think so, that's odd. Let's jump ahead to that next story then. Um, or here, hold on. What are, your, sorry, what are your final thoughts on Manoa then? Like, because I know we gave ours and you kind of said you can speculate. But beyond that, just, you know, what are your feelings on it? I need to see more out of him, whether that's uh, effort or um, desire to want to be here. Like I have no time for anyone who doesn't want to be here. And if that's the case, if you want to go play baseball somewhere else, fine. The Blue Jays will accommodate you there and they will ship you wherever you want to go. But for a guy who, look, he had a really good year last year. But in the grand scheme of things, you have proven absolutely nothing at the major league level. So it's time to start proving that you're worth something before you can start demanding anything. Well, to me, it's always there's a reason why guys like Tom Brady, 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Kobe Bryant, Sidney Crosby, um, you know, Jeter, Griffey, why they are talked about in such reverence when, you know, discussing sports or even more specifically in those specific sports is because not only were they insanely talented, but their work ethic is unparalleled. Yeah, like, they these didn't are let guys talent are, carry them. Exactly. They didn't let talent dictate. They let their effort and their work their their you know their level of work and commitment to the craft to say, look, I'm good. There's gonna be a lot of other people who are good, and there's gonna be guys that are gonna be able to work harder than my talent can produce. So they said my work effort needs to be as good, if not better, than my talent level. And that's why they are where they are. That's why they're multiple champions. That's why they are, you know, instant Hall of Famers the second they step out off the field or the court or the ice or whatever. And if he feels like he's that good, that's what he should aspire to, in my opinion. And it just pisses me off when you have insanely talented guys like that. They don't do it. Listen, pressure's for tires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're never going to get, he's never going to let that one down, is he? Um, Back your shit up. The final story is an interesting one. So this came out today, and I believe it was during an episode of Spitting Checklists. And Paul Bissonnette said on this episode of Spitting Checklists that he was receiving a text message from a player who said, have you heard what Babcock has been up to? Babcock, of course, being Mike Babcock, the former head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the now new head coach of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Of course, he also was with Detroit Red Wings, and he won Olympic gold with Canada during the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, I believe. Yeah, and the 2014 Sochi. 2014 Sochi, yeah. So, I mean, I could have coached that team, and they would have won. That's also very possible. (laughs) Nevertheless, Mike Babcock has found his way back into the league after his... um, Issues he had with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and what was interesting is the way um, conveniently on the very day his contract ended, what immediately got a new job. Yeah, well, that's to say he cashed every one of those paychecks and every one of that. Why wouldn't you? Eight million. Exactly. I I would. I would be okay with sitting at home getting paid millions of dollars to sit at home for sure. I mean, I I, I don't fault him for that. I just like nothing to sit at home when people are like. You know, thinking Mike Babcock somewhere was like, oh, I'm just going to take a step away from the game. Like, no, you're not. You're you're collecting oodles and noodles of paychecks because yes. if you take another job, you don't get that check. Correct. So what I found interesting, the way that uh, Biz Nasty phrased this was, or like he's reading or recollecting the text that he got. And it said, have you seen or heard or whatever what Babcock has been up to again. The word again, I was like, huh, that's interesting. But maybe it's just a, you know, a way that he's speaking rather than the way the text actually came out. I just thought the word again was interesting. And he said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And supposedly the story goes that when he gets to Columbus, he grabs Boone Jenner, player on the uh, Blue Jackets, it says, hey, let me see your phone, and I want to see the pictures on your phone. Which seems odd, to say the least. And nevertheless, 
that was what was going around the internet and people started freaking out about it because it sounds fucked up. Like your coach approaches you and tells you, hey, I got to see what's on your phone. Give me your phone so I can run through your gallery. That's kind of weird. Um, there was later Bisonet clarified on Twitter saying the texts are coming in like crazy this morning. So here's a screenshot of a text he has. So it doesn't identify the player. Just says, here's the text he got. This story about iPhones and Babcock is 100% true. Apparently, he did it in Toronto and did it to guys in Columbus already. Says he wants to get to know what guys have been up to this summer. Love you guys exposing that guy. Ha ha, smiley face. So that's from another... So he... um, I shouldn't say player. That's from another text that he got from someone who knows connection to the story. I don't know if that was from a player or someone from the media or whatever, but someone saying that they know that happened in Toronto and they've known that's been going on in Columbus as well. So then there's that. Um, there was also another one that he retweeted that I thought was very interesting. Um, we'll get to that later. Columbus did put out a statement. So well, I want to give before that statement, the NHLPA and the league investigated some of these claims as well. That is correct. Yes. So the PA did have to look into it. The league did have to look into it as well. So they're taking it seriously, at least in that regard. The Columbus Blue Jackets put out a statement uh, in conjunction with Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner. So Mike Babcock says, while meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on the Spitting Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only to, for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. Boone Jenner also had a, a statement in this same tweet that went out. While meeting with Babs, referring to Mike Babcock, he asked me about his family and where I'm from my upcoming wedding and hockey related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family and I was happy to share some of them with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to start building a relationship to have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. So there's both sides of it. Um, I, I still don't know what to think. <laughs> now that I've heard both sides, I, I don't know what to think. Maddie, go ahead. I, I, my thoughts are this. I think that there's two, there's two ways to approach this. There's the camp of people that really don't like this guy that either have friends that have dealt with them and really negative situations with them that are biased and, you know, can then say any small thing that looks weird to them is this guy's fucking around again. And then there's the other side that is, you know, maybe he's being legitimately forthcoming. Say, look, I'm coming to a new situation. I want to get to know guys. I'm talking to them about their family. Like something that, like how many times have you run into people that you may know, um, kind of an acquaintance, like, oh, you had a kid or whatever, or what's been going on? You're like, oh, I want a vacation. Oh my God, show me pictures, right? Like it's it's things like that. Um, the other thing too is is is, Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau, because Goudreau kind of echoed the same thing, 
as Boone Jenner. And he's like, I'm, I'm a little upset how it kind of got blown out of proportion. Um, it sucks to see how it kind of got in the wrong direction. Um, these guys had his nuts in a vice. Like 1000%. They could have been like, yeah, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. But, you know, new guy, just whatever. And, you know, I heard a lot of these stories. They could have had him fired if they really didn't want him there or didn't like him there. Um, so I think there's there's two levels to this. I, I think also to just given the history of Babcock of the past few years and a lot that's come out, I think a lot of the hockey community is very quick to jump to the fuck this guy. He's power tripping and trying to like assert his dominance in here. Um, so I just, I like to give the benefit of the doubt. And I said this before is that we kind of jump on people, but at the same time, at what point do we say second chances or what point do we give people the opportunity to prove that they've grown or become better? I think this is like Goudreau and Jenner said, it got blown way out of proportion and that maybe some of the people voicing this to other people are just had bad experiences. Like this, I obviously what Mike Commodore's experience is with him is valid. I mean, he could say, so who's to say one of those messages isn't from him who already okay, has so it out for him. I'm glad you brought up Mike Commodore. So I'm on Mike Commodore's Twitter right now. And he retweeted the Spitting Chicklets uh, post about the incident, alleged incident that Paul Bissonnette was talking about. And his response was, all of this is 100% true. I heard about this exact same incident from uh, out of the C-Bus, so I guess it means Columbus, out of Columbus six weeks ago. Recently have heard about it happening to multiple players and staff. I was waiting till camp to come out with it to protect sources. So... I don't, so I get it the purpose. Sounds like, yeah, so it sounds like uh, all of these things are true, right? It, it sounds like, so they're not denying it. Like he says, yeah, I absolutely asked them for pictures because like I just want to connect with them. Sure. And whereas Commodore and Bissonnette are coming at it from a different angle where they're saying, well, this is weird and fucked up. If the players don't think it's weird and fucked up because they're the ones who are in the conversation, they're the ones who are in the interaction with uh, Mike Babcock, and at that moment they don't feel like it's weird, then it's not weird. But it's context. But, context is everything, though, right? Because the way Bisonette presented it is like Babcock. And listen, I'm not a huge Mike Babcock. Like he's probably a massive prick and an asshole, but mm -hmm. that doesn't change the situation, right? And what actually there's a difference between saying Mike Babcock went in there and said, "Give me your phone so I can look through it." Right, and sh oh, I need to see all your pictures. So give me your phone, or you're not playing. Like that's that's the way it, it was presented. Where it sounds like he was like, "Hey guys, don't know much about a lot of you here. Would love to get to know you. You guys got family? Did you do anything special over the summer? You want to share some photos and talk about it? Like that's what it sounds like. It was from at least Boone Jenner and Goudreau's perspective. Is it's like that. So again, it's especially like especially when Jenner's the captain of that Jenner's, team, and he's a take no shit person. Like exactly. on the ice, so I imagine off the ice. And like you said, if they didn't like him, they would have fucked this guy over, and he'd be like two, two, two minutes to midnight out of town. So um, the context and the way it's presented is everything. It's really the difference between let's go eat out, grandma, and let's go eat out, grandma. Like it's the it's like it's like Patrick Mahomes's tweet where he's like, "Hate yeah. that man, feel bad." It's like commas are everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
Yeah, where he, he actually meant hate that man. Like yeah. not hate that man. Like yeah. the like the addendum to the end of the the sigh almost using man as a sigh. Yeah. I just yeah, I just I do see both sides though, in terms of players may who have bad experiences or have friends that had really bad experiences in whatever situation can come in and be like, Yeah, that's weird. Like it's kind of giving me a bad vibe. I get it. Like that could be really out of the norm for you. And you could be kind of introverted and that could throw you off and make you really uncomfortable. You could be the type of player where you like to separate personal life and your professional life and kind of bleeding those two together could make you feel really uncomfortable. But then you have guys like Jenner and Goudreau is like, you know what, new coach, let's try and make him feel welcome. We got to work with them, you know, cool. And I'm sure, I'm sure he shared photos too. The weird thing I think, and not to continue to speculate on it, but I'm going to anyway, is apparently they were in his office and he was like air, like casting them to the TV, <laughs> like airplay to the but i mean that's like that's technology now right like sure. to me when people make a big deal of that i'm just like so they're probably sitting in a room it's probably easier for them to just be like oh instead of like these like, two hung, guys huddling really close together for the phone. <laughs> like, you know right you're actually just, you actually got a point right so again you know if babcock i could i could entirely see the situation they're in his office babcock's like yeah i got i got two kids and uh he's showing pictures and boo jenner's like yeah i'm gonna get married this is my future wife and this is my dog or whatever and he's like oh show me more you went on you vacation know, yeah i don't i don't know and again the difference between this and the manoa situation is somebody's standing up to clarify whereas nobody's standing up to clarify anything for for manoa so you know i i mean I don't know that like is Mike Babcock rehabilitated? I don't fucking think so. Not entirely. Do I think this is a harmless attempt to bond with his new team? Most likely. In a in a way that might seem awkward to some, but fine to others. Or just fine to people in the room. Again, it's the comma. It's the context is everything, right? So the only thing that makes me doubt it, and I don't want to belabor this anymore, but like the the like who reached out to Beeson, right? Like who told him of like, yo, Babcock's doing this thing again. So like, there's precedent somewhere of like Babcock does weird shit, and this was considered weird shit. But like, who's considering that? Like, who's the one who's like, who's the one who feels uncomfortable? Who's the one who feels? Uh, Victimized is probably the wrong word. As a negative, yeah. yeah. So that's what I, I think might add more context to this. But as of right now, it's it's tough to it, it seems odd, but like maybe not. So we'll we'll give him a pass for now. But let's keep our eye on Mike Babcock. And I this is what I would close with. It's definitely right to feel a little thrown off by it, given his history. Because we say this about guys like, you know, to say like your that's your per, that's your personality and that's your character and whatever so it's right to kind of get your back up about it but at the same time i think we have to remove biases and you know like jim said add context to the situation and say okay if this was anybody else how would we look at it right. and yeah well with that being said i think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week
That's right. It is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. And it is their favorite segment because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the World Wrestling Federation. Um, which was a Vince go McMahon-owned company, which is now not a Vince oh. McMahon-owned company as of today. That's as of today. Point. That's a very good point. I have already uh, bought a couple shares in TKO Group. Also, I find it hilarious that there's like clips of shouted out like i think it's so funny and then it's just maven's music that has nothing to do <laughs> with anything about shouting anything out like there's no lyrics about shouting out nothing it's no. just no. it's just maven's music that's it it's just yeah. just for fun and that's what it's all about um my shout out goes to someone who has a lot of fun and i could have sworn i've shouted this person out before but i looked through my list and i haven't so i'm going to use this week's shout out on annie agar who I don't even know exactly what network Annie Agar works for. I just know her as the girl on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And after every week in the NFL, she does like this uh, NFL meeting, essentially. And she acts out like every team wearing a different jersey and just kind of goes through like she's the commissioner. She's like, all right, Dallas, what happened? And like she'll act as Dallas. And like it's hilarious. And it's like three and a half minutes long. And it's just like rapid fire joke after joke after joke making fun of everything that happened this week um if you don't follow her i suggest you look her up she's incredibly hilarious and my shout out goes to annie go ahead jim no you yours might be the same as mine so you go first i already know who yours is so just go because it is gonna probably be the same (laughs) my shout out is to uh xavier gibson for i mean being an unsigned uh, or undrafted free agent on this team uh kind of you know fall in love with the guy's character through hard knocks which by the way i can't bring myself to watch the ending of because i know it's just more hype around aaron Rodgers, and i can't i'm not i can't watch the rest of the episodes um to be an undrafted free agent make this team dude that man's top speed is probably enough to take off a plane no jets pun intended but that man is fast as fuck um to to have a moment like that you know your special teams overtime in new york rogers went down you're undrafted you know to, to make the big play is you know he could have he could have stopped within the, the 20 yard line knowing ah, we'll kick a field goal and it's game over uh he went for it he went for the the sure thing which was scoring a touchdown and man what a fucking moment. That's that that's like again, we talk about this all the time. Those moments where the sports gods like smile on you for for just a minute. That's one of them, man. And that kid is so humble. And like there's a clip where he made the team and he had to call his mom to tell tell her that he made the team. Um because he was very close to like well not very close, I guess, but like there's a potential he would be cut. So uh, I'm happy to see that we have Xavier Gibson on this team. We, as, as if I play there or own it. But, yeah, it's awesome. That was going to be my shout-out, too. So I'll take a jokey one as as mine. Uh, my shout-out goes to none other than the creator of some of the biggest games that we've had in the past 30 years, Todd Howard. Because in an interview... Uh, and for those who don't know, it's Starfield, Bethesda, Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout, you name it. Legitimately, it's one of those games on a calendar. And I can say this from inside knowledge. 
when they announce a game and a release date, other companies actively move their release dates to not be close to. Um, there's only about a few games that actually do that. Um, Grand Theft Auto is one of them. Uh, Can't wait for that one, man. Can't wait. I feel like we're so close to GTA 6 right now. I'm so happy. I'll tell you this right now. Uh, everyone is very aware of when that game's coming um, mm. in terms of, you know, like around and it, like, obviously, because they've also announced that they're very confident about their 2024 fiscal year, which. Right. So we all know it's coming next year. Um, but history has shown that companies avoid release dates for certain games companies like the plague so bethesda is one of them um in an interview someone flat out asked them and you know they were reading i guess uh live questions from either reddit or twitter or something and said hey you know why does your game run like crap on pc he's like it doesn't get a better computer and <laughs> honestly it's as much as i joke about it at the same time like good on the guy for not pandering being like you know we try to do that and some bullshit patronizing or like lip service answer to be like Guys, we're developing a AAA game that requires a certain level of hardware to run. Buy an Xbox or get a better PC. Yeah. And not saying it in an arrogant way, but he's just like, we can't dumb the game down Dude. if we're trying to achieve our vision. <laughs> you want to race right, but- uh, F1? You got to be in an F1 car. You can't You can't drive yeah. a Civic on an F1 track and expect to win. Exactly. Not, not just that, but like I only, I've only played 30 minutes of Starfield so far. And the 30 minutes that I've played was in the hotel in California because all I needed was my key sheet attached to my phone and I was using hotel Wi-Fi to connect to Xbox Game Pass Cloud and played Starfield with absolutely no problem. So this motherfucker has a problem running Starfield. (laughs) Put it on your phone. (laughs) So I'm playing it on both my Xbox and PC because I'll say this, one of the greatest inventions in gaming is play anywhere. Um, so like, I'll go from like my TV to my PC and whatever. It is extremely smooth on my PC. Like it is very nice on there. I'm getting, you know, 60 frames. It's smooth as fuck. I'm not getting any game crashes. Well, the only one time I did get a game crash was because I built a stupidly large ship that you probably weren't supposed to. I mean, it's it's the game. We kind of expect some of those things, right? But this is the most bug free game they've ever created. Right. So just... I just, I just like it for once that a guy's just like, what do you want us to do? Do you want us yeah. to put in a, you know, a four cylinder engine and a Ferrari? No, get fucked. I agree. I think that was the right call. And sometimes you need to stand up to people and say, you know what? No, <laughs> we're doing the right thing. Uh, we we're happy that you did the right thing and listened to another episode of 43.6, which of course was brought to you by now your treasures. We'll see you next week. But until then, Help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.